This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Olu George Ministries presents Focus on Freedom Podcast. We're covering the face of the earth with the knowledge of the glory of God. Welcome to an encounter with timeless, transcendent, and triumphant truth. Here's your brother, friend, and messenger, Alu M. George. We have been looking at the most exciting subject possible in my mind for the last few weeks. We're talking about the four square gospel or the four square Jesus. You know, many preachers have their favorite aspects of Jesus, and therefore they have different emphasis. In fact, entire churches, entire movements, entire denominations focus on different aspects of who Jesus is, of what he did for us on that cross, what he did for us in the depths of hell, what he did for us when he rose from the dead, when he ascended to heaven, and what he does for us right now at the right hand of the Father, far above all principalities and powers. So some choose his holiness. Some choose his power. Some choose his ability to perform miracles. Some choose the fact that his royalty is coming again. And people focus on different aspects. Now, the truth is, Every aspect of a lion is royalty. Every aspect of a king is royalty. But when we focus on one aspect of of Jesus to the exclusion of the other aspects, though laudable and commendable, we have robbed ourselves of an, an eternity of possibilities. That is why I want to, as much as possible, I know it's not possible, but we want to try to see how we can look at all the dimensions of who Jesus is and what he's done for us and how it is that we owe him our very lives in this world. We owe him our lives in eternity. And so we began to look at Jesus as Savior from sin, according to the scriptures. You shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. The primary, the the cardinal, the the principal thing that Jesus did was to save his people from their sin. And when you talk about sin, you must talk about the power of sin, the potency of sin. You must talk about the presence of sin, and then you must talk about the penalty of sin. You know, most people, when they talk about Jesus saving us from sin, focus on the penalty of sin. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. So they focus on the fact that your sin will not be able to keep you out from heaven. Your sin will not be able to banish you from the glorious, magnificent fantastical presence of the living God for all of eternity. And that is fantastic. That's great. The penalty of sin has been removed as far as eternity is concerned. But Jesus did so much more than that. The penalty of sin in this life, because listen, everything that is evil, everything that is wrong in this life stems from sin. The division between husband and wife, 
the, 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 this, this struggle and the tension between races, you know, my brothers in the United States, they think slavery is a black-white problem. They think slavery is a skin color problem. Slavery is not a racist racial problem. Raci uh, slavery was a financial greed problem. Slavery was a $400 million business 500 years ago, 400 years ago. $400 million, 400 years ago. So people went into slavery, not because they hated a race. No, they wanted to make money. Just like people go into drug business and internet fraud today, not because they hate anyone, but because it's lucrative. Slavery was lucrative, which is why blacks enslaved blacks, whites enslaved whites, and Jews enslaved Jews, and Arabs enslaved Arabs, Chinese enslaved Chinese, and then they went cross races. Sin is the bottom of it all. And there's no amount of anti-racism, which is racism in reverse. There's no amount of racial activism or racial justice that can fix a problem caused by sin. When the heart of a man is washed from the filth of sin and the love of God is poured in by the Holy Ghost, race doesn't even, even make any difference anymore. Hallelujah. And so he's dealt not just with the penalty of sin in heaven when we leave this planet. He's dealt with the penalty of sin today. Today, sickness is a penalty of sin. Disease is a penalty of sin. All kinds of mental problems, depression, schizophrenia, mental you know, illnesses of different kinds. A man, a full-grown man, believing that he's a woman. And everything about him transforming, they call it transgenderism. We know it's a mental illness. And even in the technical psychology books, it is still classified as a mental condition. All of the ugliness, all of the slavery, all of the stealing, all of the political corruption, all of the institutional corruption, all of the ineptitude, all of the damage, all of the wars, all of it stems from sin. Our inability to enjoy heaven on earth stems from sin. Jesus saves his people, us, from the penalty of sin. But beyond and above that, family, Jesus saves his people from the power of sin. Sin has no longer dominion over the saint. Sin has no longer dominion over you if you are in Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, this is not a condemnation message. This is good news. Why am I even focusing on this? I'm focusing on this because this is no longer being preached. This is no longer being emphasized. People are not told that they don't have to remain liars. They don't have to remain addicted to pornography. They don't have to remain addicted to adulteries. They don't have to, 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 to be slaves to the impulses of the flesh. They don't have to be slaves to fear and doubt and unbelief. Jesus already destroyed the power of sin. I believe in last week or the week before, we talked about Romans chapter 6, where he says, you will, you will not, sin will no longer have dominion over you because you are not under the law. You are under grace. Grace empowers us to live far above what is humanly possible. Grace is not a license to sin. Grace is the freedom not to sin. So the power of sin 
It's already been destroyed. Satan has nothing against us. There's nothing they can do about it. It's settled forever, O Lord. Your word is settled in the heavens. We still have the presence of sin. There is still sin in the world. There is still sin working through the emotion in our flesh. But one of these days, I promise you, one of these days, I guarantee you, according to the word of the Lord, when we rise from the dead, when we are raptured and caught with Jesus in the cloud, when we look at him and we see ourselves in his eyes and we look at the way he looks and we are the way he is, the body of sin will be destroyed and the presence of sin will be banished forever. But for now, we can, we can rejoice in the reality that the penalty of sin is destroyed. And if sin creeps into our lives by any means, it takes half a second to get rid of it by pleading the blood of Yeshua HaMashiach. Jesus, our Messiah, that blood is stronger than any sin. He says, come, Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19, come and let us reason together. Though your sin be red as scarlet, I will make them whiter than snow. There is no sin so deep, so dirty that the blood will not eliminate in a fraction of a second. Hallelujah. The blood is our inheritance. The, we have the right to use the blood of Jesus to get rid of every stain. We can walk stainless. We can walk sinless. We can walk spotless. That is our destiny because Jesus is coming back for a glorious church, a church without spots, a church without wrinkles, according to Ephesians chapter 5. Now let's, let's recap with a few powerful scriptures. First John chapter 3, verse 4. Whosoever commits sin transgresses the law. For sin is a transgression of the law. And you know that Jesus was manifested to take our, away our sins. And in him there is no sin. Whatever cannot be found in Jesus must not be found in me. Whatever cannot be found in Jesus must not be found in me. Whatever thought cannot be lodged in the mind of Jesus, must not be lodged in my mind. Amen. Verse 6, 1 John chapter 3, verse 6. Whosoever abides in him does not sin. Glory. Whosoever abides in him, whosoever takes up permanent residence in Christ, not just visiting with him on Sunday mornings, but they live there, they breathe Christ, they, they feed on Christ, they bask in the light of the face of Christ. They don't want to sin. Sin, the pleasure of sin is no longer pleasurable. You see, when we talk about Jesus saving his people from their sin, we're not just talking about occasional falling. We're talking about uprooting a giant tree, uprooting it by the root and burning whatever remains in the ground. Complete elimination. Whoever abides in Christ does not sin. Whoever sins has not seen Christ, neither has known Christ. Little children, let no man deceive you. Verse 7. He that does righteousness is righteous, even as Christ is righteous. There is no sinning saint. There is no sinful Savior. Our Savior was spotless. 
Even Pilate testified, I find no fault in this man. Yeshua, Jesus himself testified, the prince of this world has come. He has found nothing in me. When the prince of the world comes to the saint, to the abiding in Christ saint, he must find nothing. Not just because they have not fallen into sin, but because they have pled the speakings of the blood and they have they've used the weapon of genuine repentance to get rid of sin. Little children, verse 7, let no man deceive you. He that does righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. There is no righteous man living in adultery. There's no righteous man addicted to lying. There's no righteous man who is skillful in stealing. A thief is not righteous. A saint will not steal. Are you following me? Verse 8, he that commits sin, verse 8, 1 John chapter 3, is of the devil. For the devil sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works. Hallelujah. Did Jesus fail? Was the cross in vain? Was he crowned with thorns in vain? Did he suffer the mockery, the cruel, jeering, and, and, and mocking of the soldiers, was that in vain? Was he whipped with cat o nine tails until his entrails, his teeth, his eyes were knocked out, his back broken beyond? He Bible says in Isaiah 53, he didn't look human. Was that in vain? If that was not in vain, then sin has no power over you. For this purpose, the Son of God endured the cross took on the shame, despised the pain, stripped naked, his beard, his, his whiskers plucked, spat on, displayed for the whole world to see in the intersection of a town, so much so that they wrote the king of the Jews in three languages. He did all of that to destroy the works of the devils. Therefore, the works of the devil is destroyed. Right now, I take authority over every work of the devil in your life, whether it be spiritual, whether it be intellectual, emotional, or psychological, or whether it be physical. I pray and I decree a destruction of everything in your life that Jesus did not plant. Everything that the Holy Spirit is not doing. Everything that God is not happy with. May they be destroyed this moment. The chain of habitual sin, the chain of besetting sin, the chain of secret sins broken over your life right now. I speak the strength of God into your mind that your mind will be strong to think only godly thoughts, only scriptural thoughts, only biblical thoughts, only kingdom thoughts in the name of Jesus. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus did not die in vain. I read it again. Whoever is born of God does not commit sin. Sorry, verse 8. He that commits sin is of a devil. For the devil sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whosoever is born of God does not commit sin. Are you born of God? I want you to say it boldly. I am born of God. Every time you catch yourself being tempted to yield to your lower nature, 
to the presence of sin. Remember, the penalty is destroyed, the power is broken, but the presence is still here. Anytime you sense the presence of sin, I want you to speak it out confidently. I am born of God according to the word of God that cannot fail. Whosoever is born of God does not commit sin. One translation says he does not practice sin. Let me make something clear. People who are born again, people who are abiding in Christ can still fall into sin. They can still make mistakes because of the presence of sin. But what they don't do is enjoy sin. What they don't do is wallow in it. They fall and they immediately get up. The faithful version, a faithful version translation says it this way. Everyone who has been begotten by God does not practice sin because the seed of God, the incarnate seed of God, the encoded seed of God dwells in him. He is not able to practice sin because he has been born by God. He has been begotten. He's not able to. Even if he wants to, his nature has been so transformed that it's impossible for him to continue to do it. Look at another translation. Berean study Bible says, anyone born of God refuses to practice sin because God's seed abides in him. He cannot go on sinning because he has been born of God. He cannot make excuses for sin. He can't because the seed of God, the DNA of God. The algorithms of God runs the whole operational system that he functions in. Amen to Jesus. Now let's just finish up to verse 10, where it is we're going to end. Verse 9, whosoever is born of God does not commit sin, for his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he's born of God. In verse 10, it says, and in this, the children of God are manifest, and the children of the devil, whosoever doth doeth not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loves not his brother. If a man will not love his brother and his sister, whom he can see, he doesn't love God. He can claim to love God, but he doesn't. And he's not a child of God. He's a child of the devil. Children of God can make mistakes. Children of God can fall. The Apostle John says, children, I've written these things to you that you may not sin. I've written these things to you that you may not sin. But if you do sin, because the presence of sin is still here, we have an advocate. Glory be to God. We have an advocate in Jesus who according to Hebrews 7.25 is interceding for us nonstop. Just like the devil is accusing us before the throne of God nonstop, Jesus is interceding for us before the throne of God nonstop. Guess who's going to win? The resurrected Savior, of course. Amen to Jesus. Friends, I want you to get this message. I want you to burn deeply into your consciousness. I want you to know that you don't have to be in bondage to any sin in your life. If you have a sin in your life, you are not condemned. You are challenged. If there's something in your life that is ungodly, this is not a condemnation. This is a challenge to rise up in faith, in the power of the Holy Ghost, and make it happen. It's not okay, friends. It's not okay to have Christians who are secret homosexuals. Not okay. And I didn't say it's a sin to feel the impulses of same-sex attraction. I haven't said that. 
have said it's a sin to identify, to tie up your whole image, your whole identity in your sexual impulses. I'm saying it's a sin to yield to it. There are people who have battled same-sex attraction, but they have used the word of God to conquer. It's tough. It's hard. What you feel is real, but it is sin. I, as a normal man at the age of 13 or so, came across pornography for the first time. Introduced by a cousin, it was very alluring. It was very pleasurable. I could not believe that something that felt so good could be so sinful. Well, sin is sin. Homosexual sin, heterosexual sin, or whatever kind of sin you want. Well, thank God for the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. After years of struggle, I broke the chain of pornography. I was never addicted to it, but I used it from time to time. And it felt good. That's why I kept, kept going back. Because it felt good. It's okay for a Christian, a minister, to be secretly watching pornography when the family is in bed and then showing up the following day to preach to other people about salvation. The power of sin is broken, and that must happen in your experience today. I set my faith in agreement with you for any area of your struggle. Every human have areas of their struggle, but Jesus guarantees victory. And now we declare his death cannot be in vain over our lives. So by faith, we break the chains of adultery. We break the chains of greed. We break the chains of covetousness. We break the chains of fear. We break the chains of doubt. We break the chains of legalism. We break the chains of religion. We break the chain of thinking you can please God by your human effort. And we release you into the glorious freedom. Salvation is freedom. Be free to hate sin. Be free to hate everything that God hates. Be free to despise everything that breaks God's heart. And be free to walk in joy, in peace, in righteousness, in holiness all the days of your life until you go to see Jesus face to face or until he comes to take us home. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Amen. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to Focus on Freedom Podcast. For more information, please visit olugeorgeministries.global or send a WhatsApp inquiry to plus 27-81-300-6633. Also, like, subscribe and share our content on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and YouTube. See you next time. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.